0: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Brand Talk, another way to talk where there's no yelling, there's no screaming, there's just old, good old, old-fashioned, new-fashioned talk. And today we have a guest who I know will tantalize you, um, no pun intended, um, he's performed all over the world, and I mean all over the world. He's a violinist, and his name is Assi Matatheus. A protege of Pincus Zuckerman is already recognized as one of the most celebrated talents of his generation. Uh, He made his debut at the age of 14 with the Israeli Philharmonic Orchestra under the baton of Zubin Mehta, displaying a musical maturity and inspiration far beyond his years. This success was immediately followed by another invitation by Maestro Mehta, to perform with him in the following season. Since then, he has performed as a soloist with <laughs> numerous orchestras across the globe with such conductors as Aliyah Inbal, Leon Bautstein, Frederick Chaslin, Dan Ettinger, the late Mendy Rodan, and Gintz Glinka. Uh, Mr. Matathias has recorded for the BBC, CBC, WQXR, IBA, ORF labels. He's a frequent recitalist and has performed extensively throughout Europe, Asia, the U.S., South America, and Israel, in foremost venues like Carnegie Hall, Stern Auditorium, Zankel Hall, Weill Recital Hall, the ninety-six, the ninety-second Street Y in New York, Berlin Philharmonic, Uzumi Hall in Japan, Lita Hall in Stuttgart, Rothman Auditorium in Tel Aviv, and the National Arts Center in Canada. I'm getting exhausted just uh, reading this. But uh, when it comes to Assi, nothing is too uh, long. Uh, uh, Assi also began playing the violin when he was six years old. In Israel, he studied with Cham Taub, and became the youngest student to be enrolled at the university and at, at the Universitat for Musik und Darstellend Kunst in Vienna. He also studied with violinist Aaron Roseanne and the late David Niden In 2017, uh Matathias was awarded a career grant from the Salon de Virtuosi in New York. He was also awarded a Diploma of Excellence and has been supported by the American Israeli Cultural Foundation since 1997. It is with great pleasure that I welcome my dear friend and this great artist, Asi Matathias, Asi, Hi, welcome John. to Brand Talk. Thank you It's for so different me. Yes, not seeing yeah. you over meatballs at Pilato's.
1: Yeah, so many miles away, right? So yeah. many miles away. You're in Israel right now. Yes, I am. Yeah. Now, I, l- l-
0: let me ask you have you had uh, any good meatballs since uh, uh, our our haunt in New York, Balados. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <bullottos. It, laughs> Israel
1: is famous for many things. Meatballs are. Uh, Unfortunately, is not one of those. Oh, okay. But yeah, so I definitely have a great incentive to come back, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But you told me that when you were in Italy... I guess you were, you were given a pass. You you fessed up to me that you had a close second, maybe even a little bit. We can't tell that to the folks at Bellanos, but you thought
1: it will go online, but indeed, uh, New York is second. Sicily in Italy was really something else. Sicily,
0: you know, you know, there are, there are three, uh, Parts of my bucket list. One is Sicily. Yeah, yeah, no, we got to go. And I'm going to visit. I'm going to make your parents crazy because I want to come over and spoil them with Mm -hmm. great uh, Israeli uh, gifts. So when I when I come and see you and your family. So it's it's uh, it's Sicily. It is Israel. And of course, I have to go to Rome. You and I. We gotta have an audience with the Pope for sure. So we have to. Thank we're gonna. Lord. We're gonna have yeah, to. You do are that.
1: originally the family.
0: Your family is from Sicily, right? Well, my father's side is from Sicily, and my mother's side is from uh, Naples, uh, oh. Avellino. So yeah, no mafia uh, involved, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and and you and I have to go uh, at, to the place where they make the violins. We yeah. have to go there. Yeah. We in fact, have you the gone there? Playing
1: on is from Naples, 1770, made in Naples. Really?
0: Yeah, really?
1: yeah. and I've been all over Italy um, and Naples. I, I've been years ago just for a day. Uh, and I always want to go back because at the time I wasn't playing the violin. I feel like the violin should come back home, right? Yes. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, but definitely the best violins uh, ever made
0: were. All over. It, the where, where's the place where they make the best violins? Uh, that go ahead. Cremona, yeah. Uh, but, th- yeah, but have you put, made in, in Milan,
1: in Piacenza, all over the um, Italian I, I, violins I, 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 from that period uh, of selected makers are definitely amongst the best that are in existence. Yes.
0: yes. Now, but but have you been there? Have you been to yes, that? Yes, you have I, been. I, oh, yeah, I. Yes. I I wanted to go with you. I wanted to be, uh, the the maiden voyage. I'm willing to to go anytime,
1: to be honest. I, I love, I love Italy. I love the food, the people, architecture, everything. Yeah. So you, you say when and I'm
0: there. Uh, Well, uh, well, let me tell you something. You can get into a lot, a lot of trouble saying you are it's calling a Sicilian an Italian you you realize that That's you got to be, <laughs> be very we have got to be very right right you got to be very careful about that yeah. you know but um you know dangerous uh,
1: waters. yeah
0: yeah well you know i i might have said this uh before uh but i will relate it again because it is it is a great story um you know when the godfather uh came out uh I took my parents to see the Godfather and my mother disliked the Godfather. And uh, because she thought it was bad for Italians and uh, she thought it gave uh, Italians a bad reputation. And um, my, my, my father and my aunt who came from Sicily, who actually fled the black hand or fled uh the mafia yeah uh, they had to they ha- their family had to escape um, I took them to see the godfather, and after I took them to see the Godfather, they came out of the movie house, and all they could say is that they could understand every. Single word that was uttered in the Godfather. Now you mentioned it wasn't Italian, it was Sicilian. and <laughs> yeah. their complaint was when I would ask them when they would listen to Italian, do you did you understand what they're saying? they said, johnny i I really didn't get it. <laughs> With the Godfather, every word. And they were so excited that they understood every word in The Godfather. <laughs> so I, I I leave that with you in terms of uh, uh, the language. Oh, but yeah. uh, let, let's let's talk about how you got involved with the violin and uh, and and of all things, classical music, because I do know you love soccer. And that was a, yeah. there was a little bit of a tension between whether or not you were going to play soccer or you wanted to play the violin. And I thought maybe That's you want memory. to talk yeah. about That's that.
1: True. Yeah. Um, well, I'll start with music. Um, so my mother liked music and she would take us actually as kids to concerts. Um, so my and my siblings, my older brother and sister both played the piano. We had a small upright um, and one day I heard the violin on the radio and uh, something about that sound, just, I, I knew that I, I wanted to play that. And and I told her, I, I want to play the, the violin. And she said but she thought I was so young and we had a piano at home. And so she was trying to convince me, but then um, I was quite stubborn, which I'm happy about because <laughs> as you <laughs> see, I'm still playing the violin. Um, but she also consulted with the piano teacher of my, my siblings. And she at the time checked my, my hearing and she figured that I had what's called perfect pitch, uh, which means that she could play um, any number of notes on the piano and I will be able to identify them by which pitch exactly it was. And she said that she thinks that because of that, she feels that violin will be uh, the right fit for me. So she made a connection to the first uh, violin teacher a lovely Russian lady uh, back in the city that we were living at the time. And yeah, and I I loved it. But at the same time, I mean, so I was six when I started. I also loved soccer. Um, And I would play very often. We had a garden um, across the street from the apartment we lived in Netanya, the the city in Israel. And I would go daily to play soccer. And I would also (laughs) practice my violin. Until one day, I um, broke in one of the in one of the soccer games. I was very, you know, I was going for it. I was rather competitive, and I, <laughs> I was playing for fun, but I was also playing to win. And I, I, I broke the arm, and then I needed to to choose between the two because it was clear I had a concert coming up, and clearly with the cast on my left hand, there was no way to play the concert. So I needed to make a conscious decision and. Clearly, I chose music because it's definitely the biggest passion um, in my life. So I still I love soccer. I here and there I play now. You know, well, honestly, with the corona, a lot of time freed up on the schedule. But usually, I'm on the roads a lot, so there is not much time to for that. But I watch it, and I'm. uh, But music, yeah. So my hobby is my profession. So that's a great advantage, right?
0: uh, absolutely absolutely staying on the soccer for just one minute who's your favorite team
1: oh i don't think that any of our listeners would know the grand team of maccabi natanya it's uh, it's, um it's a local team of the city i'm from uh and my father is a fan my grandfather was a fan my uncle so it's so you're you're Italians in the family. And so Maccabi Natania goes in the family.
0: <laughs> OK, OK, well, that, that that's fine. Yeah, that's that's fine. So let me ask you, uh, what is it, what is the routine? Um, you know, um, do you practice every day? Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, you have to. Um, well, I, I, I will, I would like you to, um, cite the thing that I, when I first met you, you, kn- you, you completed it once I started it about, about, uh, uh, practice and how, you know, you know, if you don't practice, you know, you know what how does that saying go? Oh, that,
1: uh, well it's a famous saying, it's, uh, nobody knows who exactly coined it, but it's If one day I don't practice, I will notice it. The second day I won't practice the critics and the third, the audience. Right. I mean, yes, (laughs) exactly. Right. But yeah, you know, as a performing musicians, uh, you have to keep, first of all, you have to keep in shape. It's like an athlete. You have to do the daily. You
0: have to keep in shape. So you do have exercises.
1: Oh, Oh, definitely. Yeah. You have to, well, you have, first of all, Playing the violin, it's not a normal thing. It's not a natural thing, right? You know, we turn the hands, the the neck. I mean, so we have to make it as comfortable as possible, but we also have to stretch that, you know, to, to keep the hands in shape. So yeah, definitely scales, exercise, all sorts of stuff that um, depends also on what I'm playing at a given time that I will be practicing. Um, and then, of course, you need to perfect and polish uh, whatever is that's on on the program that given week. And you also always have to prepare ahead because you have a concert that night, but the next day, very often you have a concert with a different program. Um, So, yeah. So you have to be very, very cautious and smart of how you divide your time and to plan ahead uh, because the now is again, now is the Corona. The schedule, of course, freed up m- much more, but you're on constant travel and constant preparation so that said, because you, you mentioned the word routine i I shy away from that word when it comes to music um, just because you know b- when you are at, in music it's routine doesn't go with it together. you always have to Invent ways to do it better, and I I I don't even shave the same way. I don't even start from the same spot. I left it, so I always try to do things differently. So I think routine could be dangerous in 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 music making. Uh, so I it's maybe silly, but I always uh, try to do it. But definitely scales, I do every single day. So maybe some Bach um, and certain exercises, I do really daily, even if I don't have five hours or four hours, even if it's only two hours that I have that day to practice, I will do those because they are essential, um, to keeping in shape and to really, so you can present yourself on stage the best way possible.
0: If you're going to have a, a one and a half hour recital, yeah, how much practice do you have to perform? How many, how many hours go ahead? Yeah it it
1: It very much depends um first of all what's on the program sure um and who am i playing with um there there are a number of people that I play very often with uh, so we have played you know for years and years and we travel a lot so it takes uh much shorter time to to bring it up to, to you know to to playing it in a concert uh and sometimes you know you travel and you play with the either um you know the local orchestra the local pianist in a chair music festival so you meet new people and sometimes even there is a great click and it goes very smoothly but sometimes it takes more time um so it depends but i try you know even if i played um a program a number of times it's very important to approach it with um, you know, I try not to play from my old part even. So, you know, you so you approach it with completely like, it's, it's a as if you never played it before, because I feel there's no one way of playing uh, music and you have to, to approach it in a certain, in a, in, with, you know, with uh, eyes that you never seen it. And I think that I can think of it one way that month. And if I will take it again in three months, I will think of that phrase completely differently. And that's, one of the big magic of music that uh there is so much in it there is no one way so you you could go right you could go left and and it's you know there are many ways for it
0: there's no one yeah. way yeah. Oh, but, uh, but i'm i am going to push you on yes. this if you have a concert coming up in uh um a month's time yes about how many hours per day okay. Do you, in fact,
1: practice to? Um, well, so I would say four or five hours a day. But then again, I have to be in New York and not traveling. Of course, when you travel, <laughs> everything is different. But on, an, if I'm in New York, um, I would do about four or five hours a day. Sure, um, sure. But I will not be practicing only that program for four or five hours a day. So I would probably. Right. Do scales and you know fundamentals for the first yeah for the first hour sure and then I would dedicate some time for the recital and for future stuff and sometimes even pieces that I'm not playing at that time because I I feel that they are essential for me to play those at that given moment right uh, but right. yeah I would say four or five hours uh, you don't need really more than that right I don't think one could really even focus properly for more yeah. than that uh, if you're doing really good work and that you're completely there for four or five hours, you're good. You don't need more than that. So I think it's a mistake that many people do. They, you know, they stay in the, in their practicing room for eight to nine hours, which is not beneficial at all. And at the end of the day, you also should enjoy life. Um, because we don't only base our music making on the four walls, right? I mean, you you must, you, you have to master everything but there is much more and beyond
0: to that right right you're listening to assi matathias violin virtuoso here on brand talk another way to talk where we talk about good old brands like assi matathias uh assi i'm just so happy that you're here and we're talking about music we're talking about the violin and um here's something that i'm sure well we've discussed you and i have discussed about this yeah. what's a young guy like you doing in classical music that's for old people what are you doing <laughs> in you're a good looking guy you could be no. a, a rock star what are you doing you can take the violin and make it into a rock stuff uh, as you do and and when i say that to you you look at me as if i'm crazy i want <laughs> you to respond to this and no, uh, I mean, how no. do you re- go ahead
1: I love any kind of music when, when music is done well, any genre is is great, but at the same time, we, the basic of it's all and really the grand music is really classical music. And that's completely my passion. Uh, um, and I would, I, I never even dreamed for a moment to do any, any different, uh, any other different kind of music. I, I mean, classical music is so rich. There is, uh, you need three. I, I think beyond the years that you will play in order to to be able to cover even the tip of the iceberg. There, um, that doesn't mean that other kind of music. I I don't. I enjoy listening to it, but I will never play anything uh, aside for classical. Yeah.
0: Oh. Okay. All right. And then. And then the next thing. Is the the M word to get you uh, all sorts of nervous because I talk about marketing, marketing marketing and sales. And can you do that? And how some of your colleagues kind of put their noses up when when you we talk about marketing the marketing of classical music how can yeah. you do that uh-huh. and my my question to you is how do you go market yourself or what i like to say how do you brand yourself
1: okay yeah uh, so I, that's of course the old the old topic uh so first of all i think the the one thing that should and goes without saying is that you have to perform your best every single night or, you know, attempt to, you can't, if you play 150 concerts a year, you can't possibly, but you have to maintain a certain plateau, a certain level of which you don't go down. Uh, so it's important to present yourself in the best possible way, uh, about marketing classical music. Yeah. It's a tricky, it's a tricky topic because uh, often they, you will not think of one that goes with the other um and so i think that number one it's important that you um are in constant touch with young audience because i think the biggest problem of classical music that we are facing and i think yes. we will face even more now with unfortunately um as an aftermath of the corona is audience the average age of concert goers um is above 60 uh, in some places, even much higher than that, and we must, uh, especially I think, uh, all of us, but especially young performers, should do a lot of outreach to go to schools. Uh, to, to you know, uh, when you go to travel, that you give masterclass, so so they are um, aware and they are exposed to good music making, and they see people their age, uh, and they will see how it, they will react to it. And I think it's very very important to build like that a, a base of audience. Uh, both for the artist itself, but actually for the whole industry, right? Um, the other thing, of course, that many people do now is uh, social media, and as you know, I was, you know, I was always shying away from it because uh, I see great advantages to it, uh, which I see now more than before. Also, that said, there is also a side of it which is not great for classical music. Um, and it gives a lot of platform for mediocrity which is really the plague for cl- for classical music we have to mm-hmm. stay away from it um yeah i mean especially when you have things like instagram which is a great platform and i use it myself however you know you have to put videos of 1 minute um and very often that, you know you you it's it's just a, a platform where people they they don't realize it's on the real world and you it's not just doing that one minute you have, there is so much more than that. Uh, so there is a lot of videos that have not much to do with the violin, the piano and classical music that are there, um, or that are done in a very poor way. Uh, and that's a shame because there is a great exposure to that. Many kids that are doing classical music are exposed to that. And they think that then that's the level they should have and it's not. Uh, I grew up uh, listening you know, to great concerts with Sir Israel Philharmonic and, and listening to great recordings. And I think that being exposed to great quality classical music at this age definitely helped me uh, reach further because it tunes your ears in a certain way, it develops your taste your, um, and, and, and everything. So I'm so very glad that my mother exposed us to so much classical music, yeah. but good classical music. Um, so yeah so i i do i do some facebook i do some instagram much more than before i think that uh, it was uh, a lot with your uh, encouragement um and i am glad because you know you reach certain people like that that normally you wouldn't also and that's great yeah um yeah and and otherwise you know there are there are a lot of uh, pr and presenters managers so you're doing a lot of interviews and you know trying to expand your your base of uh, audience everywhere that you go to.
0: Well, I can remember as a kid, uh, there was uh, what they called, and this was many years before you were a child, Looney Tunes. And if you looked at Looney Tunes, they would have sprinkled in some of their uh, Their uh, uh, segments, yeah. um, classical music. Yeah. So that you would hear, I I think most kids, my generation, uh, were exposed to the great pieces, you know, yeah. the Beethoven, you know, the da know, and, da uh, we were all exposed to that. We might not have heard the whole segment or the whole theme, but we were we were exposed to it. And um, I, I, it I
1: also nice that- to classical music. And and you see today, you you enjoy listening. You enjoy going to concert, and the appreciation is there. That yeah. that's exactly is the problem. That there is no music in schools today, uh, right? And, and right. kids are just you know they are not exposed to it, and so then. And by the time that the orchestras and the halls remember, you know, that they have to, to put effort in there, it's almost too late. So it's so very vital that you start from a, from an early age. Yes. Uh, so yes. it's there. And besides the fact that there are, you know, numerous um, scientific um, research that completely, I mean, it's, 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 it's has been proven that classical music is very good for the child's, um, you know, develop of the brain, you know, even when they are, when they're a baby. So it's, it's very, very, very important aside for being, I mean, music is enriching our life. It really is. I think that it makes, I mean, I would make a very bold statement. It makes for a better society. It really does. I Um, couldn't
0: agree more. And in uh,
1: times uh, of the Corona, we, I think we feel it even more, you know, that concert halls are shut. Um, and you know, and so we have to go on, on online platforms, but you know, the fact that people cannot experience live music, it's, it's horrible. And I really hope that, first of all, I hope that everybody will be, we will find a vaccine and we will be, and it will be a wild dream, but that uh, the cultural world that has really suffered a very big hit, uh, will recoup and yes. we will enjoy live music very, very soon.
0: Yeah. Well, well, uh, I'm going to I'm going to uh, challenge you a little bit on on that. I yeah. see. I uh, I think that uh, enough isn't being done uh, remotely and that I think that uh, uh, Zoom and all of these um, uh, remote uh, venues uh, uh something is better than nothing and that yeah that and i think that we uh what what's beginning to happen is we're beginning to be very very creative in how we get our creative juices uh a going and to keep that musical spirit uh alive and well but you you, well, you might yeah go ahead yeah go ahead.
1: yeah i i know definitely you know, it's important that music keeps on going. The the problem was, um, and and still is a bit, is that, and I, I'm not blaming. And is that there's no, you know, I mean, who who knows how to to act in these very peculiar times? The problem was that many musicians immediately felt the urge of playing, and which is understandable, but they would offer it for free absolutely um,
0: absolutely
1: and, and 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 that's exactly when i guess we we reach again marketing you know it should not be for free um and you know they they have put so many years and their heart into their you know to, to to master the instrument and and then when you sell yourself short um you cannot expect then uh anyhow there is not much funding for for the arts anywhere in the world in very, very few countries, there is proper funding for it. Um, and especially now that, you know, everybody is suffering from a lot of loss of, of, of you know, from no, no concerts. It's a shame that they offered a lot of concerts for free. And, and I think it will take some time, uh, for, uh, I think now people are starting to understand that that's not the way to go, but they felt that they must share their, you know, their, their talents and to keep in touch. But, I think that in retrospect, that there should have been a better way to do it. And I'm not saying that you should have charged a lot of money because right now everybody suffered, you know, when it rains, everybody got it, but they should have found a better platform to, to be rewarded for their hard work. Right. Uh, right. I mean, there's almost no other field right now that people
0: are doing stuff for free. Right? Right. Uh, Well, I uh, see my response to that is when they say it's not about the marketing. It's about the marketing, and uh, there's nothing wrong uh, with you marketing one's services yeah. uh, fairly. <laughs> yeah. You're not gonna, uh, and, and uh, maybe, and I, and I, 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 I'm not an expert on this, and there's got to be some data, and I, I think there's got to be some. Testing on this, on on what's the fair way? Is the fair way um, a uh, suggested uh, price of uh, fifteen dollars an hour per person listening to someone perform? Yeah, it, I, I it, guess you know, yeah,
1: it is, it, it's hard to 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 put a price because it, there are so many. You know, who is playing? What are they playing? Uh, what they expect? How many people are going to actually, you know, at the end of the day, it's also who is actually going to pay it at the end of the day. But, um, but yeah, there should be a certain minimum. I think that people should not go beyond, but at the same time, and that, and that's actually, there is a criticism to some people is that people also presented classical music, not in a nice way. You know, they would, they would just, you know, they will record something every day, but they will not really put any thought of what they were recording or, or even how they presented themselves right. you know, right. or even the quality of the recording. So sometimes of course there was no access to better devices and, and that had to be that. But at the same time, I feel that, that when you present music, it has, you have to make your utmost to make it, you know, presentable because we are dealing with great pieces And one has to have great respect to it, to to the craft that you're doing. Um, yeah. So I don't think that anything should have been done for free besides maybe of course, when, uh, those staff were done as charity for patients that unfortunately had the COVID or, or, you know, or the, the staff in the hospitals and, and, you know, you know, there are many other things There are, of course, always exceptions. Yeah. But as a rule of thumb, it should never be for free. Uh, never. And, but at the same time, you know, it's, those were peculiar times. Nobody expected it. And I think that people uh, acted out of anxieties. And, of, you know, there is also not an exact date of when we will be able to exactly enjoy live concerts again. I mean, they are speaking. I mean, in Israel, we started already play even some concerts with audience and again the cases got up and now we are just recording uh, live concerts and they're hopefully in september we will be able to play with concerts in new york many halls are closed till january 6th um so yeah so there's a lot of uncertainty right now um but um i you know that's the situation and i feel that i'm trying to take it as time to get better, even, you know, to learn more music, to prepare myself better for the upcoming season and enjoy also, also some free time. We don't usually have that, you know, we all the time in the air flying or preparing. And so there is also some time that has been freed up. And so to, it is what it is. And you're, you you make
0: the best out of the scenario. Yeah. We're talking with Asi Matathias Violin Virtuoso, who, uh, was fortunate to perform with Zeben Zubin Mehta. Sorry about that, Zubin. Uh, one of my, uh, somebody who I really, really admire. I love to meet him one day. Uh, I'm not, no pressure, no pressure, but he's one of, uh, one of my, uh, idols. I just love, what a, what a performer. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I mentioned Zubin Mehta uh, as uh, somebody who was this bigger than life, uh, not only a personality, but such a great talent. Uh, would you say he was your biggest influence? Or other, were there others? I, he
1: was well? a great influence, um, especially since I first met him when I was 12. That's when I first played for him. Um I then played at some uh, documentary about him and he invited me to play with him when I, so I made my debut with him um, and, the, and the Israeli Philharmonic when I was 14 and I played with him again. It was definitely a very formative moment for a youngster like me because uh, beforehand, I would, you know, I would see the concerts uh, that he would conduct, uh, many of those. Um, and he definitely... I mean, th- those were very lasting moments that so definitely stayed with me but I had many influences. Uh, he was definitely one of the main ones, but you know, I had sure, great sure. teachers, um, that definitely influenced me greatly. And sometimes even people that you haven't met, you know, that are not even with us, uh, certain right. musicians right. that have, le- you know, their recording legacy, um uh, right. definitely right. has been very, I mean, I, I'm a big, big, um, I think that Yasha Heifetz is set oh, a yes, high yes. bar for us sure. for violinists. Um, so, you know, so even people that you, you don't meet, but sometimes it's not even musicians, you know, um,
0: did you meet him? Have you, did
1: you ever No, meet I, I wish he, he, he passed away before I was born. Uh, but I, I have listened to almost everything that he has recorded. Um, yeah, but then you know my teachers. I mean, Pinka Zuckerman, for example, has been a huge yes. impact on yeah. me um, in many in many ways. Uh, that's a great example of a bigger-than-life personality, um, and he was a tremendous help and source of inspiration. Honestly, even you know, just to to witness him play in such small settings as a lesson. Was a whole school year, but um, also the work with him because he would really teach you. Um, many performers either they do things by instinct, but they don't know how to explain, it, or sometimes they don't want to share their knowledge. But he would really, uh, with such generosity, try to implement everything to the student, and he would teach you to, uh, you know, he would he would have such high bar and such expectations for himself. And he would insist on that, you know, even when, from when you just started with him and you know, that was very, that was a great lesson because it's a very, uh, it's not an easy life being a musician. You know, you, you have to be, it's a solitary life. You travel or you play concerts and you, and there is uh, you have to keep in shape, we spoke about keeping in shape and you need to, but you also need to get better. You cannot be happy with where, where, where you're at, never. I mean, you, you. of course, you don't have to criticize yourself tremendously, but you have to always have a very judgmental ear and never be happy with the plateau you reach, always trying to get better. Because if you reach a certain level, you will never maintain it. You will go down. So it's always, you know, so that is something that I, I definitely think that it was a big impact from him because he would insist on that. He was never happy. Always, you know, trying to push me even further. Even if I thought I played a good concert or in a lesson, it would always find. But how about that? And how about that? So always trying to perfect your craft, and, and you know, and and to reach, you know, ha, ha, maybe, you, you, that are there are so many things to achieve in music, and that's the beauty in it. And I think that's why I love it so much. So I don't only go to keep in shape every day. I I love it. You know, I have the passion to go and yeah. to play and, and, and then of course, to perform, which I love, you know, to share my music, you know, with audience. I love it. Uh, where did you study with him? What school? Uh, at, the, at the Manhattan school of music. I studied with him and with his teaching associate, uh, Patinka Kopek. So I was with them for almost six years, which is quite a while, uh, which was great. Um, and yeah, I, 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 loved every, every minute of it, uh, when I first came, it was a shock because, um, as you can understand from my explanation, he has very high bar and expectations, uh, and it could be tough, which is great. Uh, I think for me it was really, really great. He would push me always even, even forward. And And yeah, so I I really feel that he was a great influence. And the fact that he's also a conductor. So the way he approaches a score, you know, and he has such uh, experience recording and playing. So he has certain traits that only a performer knows, you know, even if it's like little tricks, but it's also the, it's everything. Um, So I learned a great, great deal from him. And now that here and there, You know, when I travel and I I teach a bit, some masterclass, I all the time think of how does he approach a piece? And so so the teaching really stayed with me and I'm sure it will stay with me till the rest of my career.
0: What is the way he uh, treats a piece? How does he attack a piece? How do you uh, and how did that affect you and how you affect your students? Yeah. So first of all, he, he approaches
1: it with, you know, especially when it's a good piece of music. Uh, so always looking very, very carefully at the score because, you know, uh, some composers don't write much, but some composer, they can write, (laughs) so, so much in the, in the score, uh, indications, um, at the same time it's open for debate, you know, what they actually meant. They, there is no tape of them giving you instructions. It's just the note you're trying to interpret it. What's between the notes? Where does the phrase go? And, and there is no one way or the other. So I think the first thing he would do is of course respect to the score, but to be curious. So all the time to question and, and to look for, you know, also you can, you can approach if you're playing, let's say a Beethoven sonata, So, you know, to, to be curious and to look at other genres, you know, he he wrote wonderful string quartets and symphonies. And just to be curious, it's, it's really a key word. He always would tell me to be a sponge to, to keep on getting information. And then if you don't like something, you discard it, but that you keep on learning, um, that's number one, but he would also, uh, you know, playing the violin is not easy, right? uh but we have to but when you are on stage people think wow how how does it do it? it looks so easy but it's a lot a lot of hard work in the practicing room um but not even only in the piece of of the techniques of the fundamentals uh so you can so you can deliver the message that you think the composer meant in the best way um so i mean it, i mean if i will get into small uh technicalities is how even where do you play in the bow how much pressure what kind of vibrato the endless thing, because that's our, you know, way of expressing it. And, and, and mm-hmm. then, you know, you play it with an orchestra and a conductor and sometimes they might have a different view than you. So then you have to find the middle ground, right? Uh, sometimes they will be convinced by your way. And sometimes a great conductor would say something and say, ah, you know, I didn't think about it and that's the magic of it. So you, you know, cause you can play the Beethoven concerto many, many times and it will be so different. Uh, so we, we are always learning always, always really.
0: So you, you, I think hit or stepped on the, the next question I wanted to ask, Yes. which is, do you ever play the same piece the same way? <laughs> never, you know never. You, you, you said never yeah never uh, never I love otherwise
1: it. there'll be no need uh you know then i would record it and 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 then right. you know we'll call it a day right um w- when we are dealing with good music again that's the key word here because good music there is no one way i said before and it's you know, I, I could honestly be looking at it today and tomorrow I would think, what the hell was I thinking? You know, I, I think of it completely differently now. And sometimes I would prepare something in one way, even if, even if I re- rehearse it with the orchestra and the conductor or the pianist, and then in the concert, I would feel like playing it a a, phrase, a certain phrase in a different way. And it's like having a conversation, you know, I. It's not like we we discuss what are we going to ask me. I came prepared and I'm reciting exactly word by word. Playing music essentially is a conversation. And and even if you're playing with an orchestra, it's all chamber music. Uh, so you have to react, you know, you take initiatives, you have to react, and that's the magic. So there is no way that it will happen one-to-one. Of course, you have a certain you know, um thoughts about certain things. So you would not go completely off track, but even, even in the, that path that you chose, there is so much things that you could do differently. So it's never, never the same. And I think that I, especially, I, um, and I think, I mean, you know, Victor Stanislavsky, wonderful pianist, that oh, I play with place. so uh, dear friend also that we play a lot together. Um, and we are good friends. So sometimes, you know, we can play, a con- you know, we went on tour to China. Uh, we, we played almost every night. And actually, there we played the same program almost every night. And then very often you would play stuff completely differently. Sometimes just, you know, to check if even, you know, he's astute to that or if I am. And, and so you challenge each other and, and there is a magic in, in there. And sometimes, actually, those exact times, because it calls for such freedom, and when you have that freedom in in music making, uh, because we spoke about the, you know how how many hours do you practice and how much effort you put, and at the end of the day, then you have to discard all that, and you have to be completely free on stage wh- when you perform. You, of course, here and there you you have a, a moment that you have to okay, I have to watch that, but you have to completely forget what you did. And you have to let to be immer- to immerse yourself in the music. Mm-hmm. And those are special, rare moments because it doesn't always happen. But when it does, uh, you know why you are in music and, and why it's such a wonderful, wonderful thing.
0: When it, when it comes to uh, classical music, uh, what continent seems, and, and we're talking before Corona. Uh, yeah. virus came about what seems to be the major market um for classical music uh, i would think it's asia but i may be wrong go ahead well yeah um well by now you know as, I mean, again
1: the corona uh takes things in different perspective but if we're talking of the world before and hopefully very soon after corona um because you know you could fly anywhere in no time so almost everywhere. I mean, there is great hunger for classical music everywhere. Really, um, even in places that I thought, you know, the, there will be some, but I was surprised to the, how, how much, you know, they love the music and they, they are really hungry to, to, to get it. Even in, in remote places in South America, I was surprised that the, how warm the audience is and very knowledgeable also. Uh, of course, you know, the, I mean, you cannot rate, rate audience, there is, you know, good and bad everywhere, but in Europe, I mean, that's, you know, where it all comes from. There is wonderful audiences, of course. And in America, of course, but yeah, I mean, Asia is a, is a growing market. There is again, great, great hunger and great talent also that uh, is in Asia nowadays um there is great that and when it comes with the great discipline that is there uh they've produced some wonderful wonderful musicians um and they and they've put a lot a lot of money at the end of the day money is also a very important thing and the government put a lot a lot of money into the cultural world so the halls are really first rate almost in every city that you would uh go in most of the countries there there are some superb and there are some great orchestras and 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 teachers also. You know, there are many in the past. Um, very often they will come to study in the states and in Europe. Uh, but by by now, there are some such wonderful musicians there that are producing some great new generations that love music and perform it very very well. Um, so I think I'm I'm I I'm very lucky because you know I travel to all these places and you get to taste, uh, from, uh, um, from all these places. And I think this variety is like oxygen, uh, and it's very, very much enjoyable, but I will not be able to pick one or, or the other. I think yeah. that, yeah. um, there are wonderful audiences everywhere. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Well, what is your, uh, what is your uh, place to perform? Sorry. The, what think? is the most exciting, the most exciting place exciting? for you to perform?
1: Um, uh-huh. Um, well, I'm, um, I'm sure, you know, there are certain holes, uh, yes. I mean, of yeah. course that are a stepping stone kind of that, uh, that, you know, generations of fantastic performers from the past also have performed, there is a special element to it. And they also have great acoustic like Carnegie hall, uh, the Berlin Philharmonie, but there are, there are, there are you know, many, or sometimes it's just even a special orchestra or musician. Um, but um, surely when I first played at Carnegie Hall, uh, I was very much excited, um, to play, you know, but it's more about the feeling before, uh, then, you know, you, you, you get on stage and you forget about all that and you just, you know, you enjoy, you enjoy playing, especially when the acoustics is good. Are you ever nervous? Every musician is nervous to a degree, right? You want to, you want to perform your best. Uh, so there is a certain degree, but, but, you know, it's never something that, that, uh, hinders your performance. Um, I'm, I'm never, I'm never, I'm never nervous to the degree that it affects. I I, I feel that normally I perform best uh, at concerts. I, I enjoy it. I, I kind of, I'm fed from the public, you know, the, they are active listening. I, I you, you, feel it, you know, it's like something right. tangible in the air that you kind of feel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes you it can happen that you are more nervous than other times. Um, but, uh, but normally I don't, I, I don't get too nervous. Just, I think I, hopefully just the right amount. Uh, but you know, sometimes it happens that you are more nervous than others and you have to, I think after years of performing, you, you know how to control it. It's it's normally before you play and then you, you start playing and, and you're good to go because you're then in a different kind of state of mind. You are you're focusing in something bigger than us. Yeah. So you don't really let the nervousness to affect you.
0: Yeah. You're listening to Assi Matatheas, Violin Virtuoso, here on Brand Talk, Another Way to Talk. Uh, I know when I uh, go to see you. And I, what I, I try never to do, uh, is to see you before you, you perform. It's after we generally go out and have some dinner with (laughs) all of that. But, but, uh, I try to, uh, avoid any sort of contact cuz i i don't want to get into your uh zone um yeah i, yeah, I think before I a concert, that's really go ahead sorry no, 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 no,
1: go, 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 no, go ahead no. sorry oh no uh, that yeah you know you have you a day of a performance uh, i don't even eat all that much beforehand uh, just a bit and uh you 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 have to prepare so if you have to focus uh, at some point you know i usually i take a, a nap Um, during lunch after lunch. And then I, you know, I get up, I practice a bit, but you, it's, it's a bit different. I try not to create a different, uh, you know, scenario because that's also not so good, you know, to make something very, very different because it's the day of the concert. But yeah, you, you have to start, you know, uh, thinking of, of, of what you're going to play on how. And yeah, so it's it's a it's a sort of, I, I know that some people have some rituals. I honestly, I don't really have a ritual, um, but I I try to take a, a nap and practice and, and really and I, I sometimes even when I take a shower before the concert, I I already I, I'm you know I'm, I'm 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 playing in my mind already kind of so wow. so yeah so you know as audience they, they are there and they hear the concert but there is so much that happens that happens beforehand. <laughs> Uh, which is quite special.
0: It's hard to put into words w- w- what it is, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I'm very very sensitive uh, when I'm going to see a friend. Uh, yeah. and what I like to do is reduce, uh, any sort of anxiety. It's, it, I try not to make it about me and and people who know me know I'm a bigger than life personality and maybe I, I don't succeed at doing that, but I at least no, think about were, it, think about, about that. that,
1: you know? No, you're um, always very sensitive to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, um, I I just got to say, and I got to recommend, when you hear this man play the violin, he makes you cry. I mean, uh, your reviews have been great at uh, Strat, the magazine for uh, uh, violins, right? Is that right? You've got great reviews uh, from WQXR. Uh, the radio station of the New York times, the classical music station, uh, they reviewed you. They're just, you're just, um, a wonderful, wonderful entertainer. So, uh, what I, what I would like to know, uh, know is are there gonna, there aren't any concerts coming out, right? Or are there any online actually, things coming up? Actually, can- um,
1: we just recorded uh, with uh, Victor Stanislavski that I mentioned earlier. Um, and also a wonderful cellist, American cellist, actually, Christina Ryko cooper We recorded a concert yesterday uh, that I will... I, the moment I know when it will stream, I'll definitely... Um, I will let you know and hopefully whoever is interested that is listening today. Um, and then I, I have some concerts planned, um, that are mainly this month's, you know, that are streamed live and then some concerts that are supposed to be with audience. Um, I'm playing at the Jerusalem festival, uh, which happens every year. And I'm very glad that they're still keeping it. Um, the summer styles with Victor supposed to play also with uh, some orchestras. Um, so uh, my, my, my season is planned and is, is rather full actually for the first half of the season as well. Um, well, but of course, you know, we'll have to take it. Um, w- no one knows, you know, there have been so many concerts that also have been canceled since March. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. we spoke well, of Asia, yeah. we had a whole, uh, a whole tour that that got canceled there. So, yeah, so, you know, um, there are concerts and I hope that we will be able to play them. We are oh, preparing for well, it. That's for sure.
0: OK, <laughs> yeah. well, how can people get in touch with you? You have a website. In fact, my have- website is, is, should be
1: up in probably two weeks or so. OK. It'll well, okay. What is it? And I'm okay. definitely on my social media. We spoke of social media, so I'll make a shout out on my Facebook and my Instagram. Uh, But it should be up and and running and there will be also the upcoming dates, some information, some videos from the past, some new videos. So it will be a platform that I could also uh, have more contact with whoever wants to be in touch. Um, Yeah. And I must say that the fact that the website will finally be up is a lot thanks to our dear host. John Tantillo. Oh, wow. Talk to me about it from day one. It has been some years that he has been pushing me. So, in fact, you see the Corona, there is something good that came out of it. So, the website should be up and running in about two weeks' time.
0: Well, there's nothing worse than a talent like you and no one knowing about it. Marketing is the art and science of people getting to know. People's talent or the brand's talent, and that's what we have to get out. And that's why I I pushed you as much because it's, and thank it's you for that. You know, yeah. well and and I you're giving me goosebumps up the arm, and I I I just can't wait to give you a big hug uh, when you come yes. to talk. Could you believe it? It's it's time, and I want to thank oh, you wow. for it was beautiful. It really was. Thank you for, really
1: for having me. It uh, was really delightful to be here and have such a nice chat with you. And really, and I really hope that our next time that we converse, well, I'm sure it will be before, but that we will see each other very soon again in New York. And hopefully have a nice meal after a good concert, live concert.
0: I, I love it. Uh, I love and I
1: hope it. that everybody is healthy. And hopefully this will be a... W- Uh, Wild dream, (laughs) and soon. uh,
0: And and now, all of my, all of my listeners, and all of my friends know why you and I are such good friends. You're just a, you're a great mensch. You're a great personality, a great talent, and a wonderful friend. And thank you for coming aboard. Very, very much. Thank you for having me. And all, all warm regards. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Bye bye.